This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This phone is up. That's the second time it's gone off. Never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. What was the moment when you realised this season is over? Was it when Kevin De Bruyne stroked home the opening goal last night? Maybe it was right at the end when Erling Haaland figured out the solution to a rare night of missed chances was to unleash the hair and immediately get himself a goal. Either way, it wasn't good news for Arsenal. Hey, <sighs> Hey, on how's it going? It seems to me like you're pinpointing the moment this title race was over. You know, maybe a week or two too late. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I'm trying to promote our coverage of last night's game as opposed to going back over. But listen, all the coverage is available if people sign up today. World Service member and regular Arsenal emailer Andrew McGann got in touch to say, "I am sad." That is all. <laughs> and Andrew is normally one to put quite a bit of thought into his emails, so he clearly said what he wanted to say there and mm. got out of the arena, which I, you can't really I, I see for. where he's coming from, on. I really do. Ah, we had John Bruin and Mark Critchley on comparing this City team to the treble-winning Man United side of 1999. I think Ken expected City would blow United out of the water, man for man, but mm, <laughs> not necessarily so in John Bruin's book. Schmikes versus Edison, I think... I think I think Schmeichel's still the better goalkeeper. Uh, Gary Neville v. Well, there is there is no equivalent now. <laughs> well, it, 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 what was Kyle Walker until about three weeks ago? Wasn't we'll it? say we'll say Kyle Walker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Kyle Walker's a better player. Yeah, yeah. Um, Centre halves: Ronnie Johnson and um, Yupstum. Yupstum. Uh, well. Very different styles of play that you require these days. John Stones v. Ronnie Johnson. Actually, not that dissimilar style of play. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Yapstam, again, is it? Diaz. Let's say Ruben Diaz. <laughs> well, again, again he, oof. PFA Player of the Year, Ruben Diaz. Was he, he did get PFA Player of the Year. It was Football Writers, I think. But, yeah. Football uh, Writers. Football Writers, I think. God, Yapstam's a better player than Ruben Diaz. Come on, I'm not Oof. having that. I'm not having that. Dennis, okay. Ir- Dennis Irwin, the best left back of all time. Against uh, <laughs> Kanje. I mean, Kanje's a decent okay. player, isn't he? You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, then we're moving into 
Keane Roy, versus Roy Rodri. Ke- Roy Keane or Rodri? Oh. Oh, well, I think Roy actually appreciates Rodri, doesn't he? But I don't think Roy, <laughs> I don't think you could say Rodri is a better player than Roy Keane, can you? Um, Paul Scholes. <laughs> this is leading right, heavily towards United. Of United no, go on. I'm interested to see what, what's finally going to be here. Okay. Uh, Paul Scholes versus uh, Bernardo we'll Silva Bernardo, or someone yeah. like that. We'll stick Bernardo in there. Come on, it's got to be Scalzi. Come on, no, no come on. It's, Ke- it's, Ke- it's, Ke- it's 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 Kevin De Bruyne is the, is the no, okay, okay. It's Kevin De Bruyne, Scholes, Scholes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kevin De Bruyne, Scalzi. Yes, Kevin De Bruyne is, uh, yeah. Um, Greedo versus Greedo versus Giggsy. Oh, got to be Giggsy. Come on, yeah. Oh my God. And Bernardo, Bernardo versus Bex. I'd, well, you, you, you're gonna laugh, but I still think City would win the game. I just think, but um, no. Uh, you, you think David Beckham ahead of Bernardo Beckham Silva? This is unbelievable stuff. He's a brilliant player, but you know. Um, this is this is amazing. So, yeah. so you so you so going with Beckham over over Bernardo? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So so we've got Erling. Uh, is Erling Haaland in your team? I mean, who do you want to put him up against? But, but well, I mean, Yorkie was a good player, but uh, you know. Um, you'd have you'd pair Yorkie and Erling Haaland, would you? Yeah, I think they play well off each other, don't you? So you'd leave you'd leave out uh, Gundo or uh, Gundo know, or Mares or wh- whoever it is uh, the extra. Well, this player. is the thing, isn't it? You can't really compare because they're all they're so interchangeable. You, oh, and how many how many the, how yes, many players did, did John pick? Did John pick eight out of eleven players? Uh, well, centre centre backs. I'm I'm, un, I'm unsure. It seems like maybe you're giving one of the city centre backs. Yeah, a yeah definitely. He put yeah. he, he put a, a, a push. he put Kyle Walker, John Stones, and Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Haaland in team, and everyone else was mm. was a, a Man but you, United. But you are, you are talking. Well, you know, it's funny, isn't it? You're talking the greatest city team of all time against the greatest United team of all time, but constructed in a totally different fashion. And you're also tugging at my heartstrings in a way that I'm. None of these things very... bothered Peter's Big Pete when he was shouting the odds back. Well, at the yeah, and and Big Pete ended up, you know, on the wrong, you know, a tongue lashing from George Best. So you know, was it worth it, Pete? Um, uh, it it, it was. Do... I I don't know. Do you, I mean, these comparisons, as I've just proven, are absolutely impossible to make and also nonsensical. But you still think uh, City would win the game? Sorry. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting in of itself, I think, because then it kind of shows that that's almost what the whole Guardiola era has been about, is that yes. this is a complete team that you would back to beat anyone else, even if individual plays. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd probably have a few more in there myself. But I think, I th- to be honest, I think they'd beat that United team rather comfortably just because it's a different era, a different time. If you watch games back from 99 to now, City would have all the tools to beat a team that was that was dominant back then, and yeah, and yeah. <laughs> but is, yeah. is Pep Guardiola a better manager than Alex Ferguson? Though that's the question. Well, that's a big question because <laughs> it's about you know about adaptability. Um, it's He's from, done it, of course, in three in three countries. Well, for Fergie did it in two. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's less than three. <laughs> <laughs> kind of two. Happy enough with that, Murph City. Would beat would would grind Manchester United down, but player for player, I mean David Beckham is not a better footballer than Bernardo Silva. No, no, but he's not. He's really not. But yeah, I mean, we. I, I think that there definitely is uh, for people around our age 
you know, an assumption that, you know, how long ago could the treble actually be? It's a quarter of a century ago. <laughs> Football <laughs> has gone through not just one or two changes, multiple changes in the quarter of a century since Manchester United won the uh, uh, won the treble, so this idea it's that always you can even to go compare a, a the two. Of a century before that, yeah. If you go back, what's a quarter of a century before ninety nine? You're talking about nineteen seventy four. Yeah, that's like the, the Dutch football, team of yeah, nineteen seventy four. I mean, or whatever. You know, the German uh, World Cup winning team of nineteen. I mean, I think the Man United treble winners are going to beat the crap out of that <laughs> German team, but you know. So I, you know, it's an easy trap for us to fall into, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that John Brune has fallen into that trap, but I mean, he's trap adjacent at least. <laughs> Just steady, steady, you don't fall right mm. in there, John. It was a week yes. on the World Service that began with a bombshell, which you guys heard on Monday. He's the best club in the world. Never mind anybody else. <laughs> uh, I have to say, Murph, I had always. I was the same as you. I thought that was best club in the world. I know. Not best prop in the world. Unbelievable. There you go. Really bad. I mean, what else well, have I been getting wrong all these years? I mean, this has um, shook, shook me to my core, On The week took off from there. Wednesday's pod featured my favourite chat of the week when Ireland's number one badminton player, Nat Nguyen, walked out for the opening ceremony in the Tokyo Olympics. His big sister, Tammy, watching at home, decided there and then to revive her own Olympic weightlifting dream. Bear in mind, Nat's a badminton player but uh, Tammy decided that she was going to get back into the weightlifting game. Her dream had been on the back burner for many years, but not anymore. Earlier this month, she won bronze at the European Championships, Ireland's first ever European senior medal in weightlifting, taking a giant step closer to achieving the ambition of joining Nat in the Paris Olympics next year. The two siblings uh, came into the Second Captain Studios to tell us about their background. Born in Vietnam, they arrived separately in Ireland as kids. First Tammy with her dad, and then at a later stage, Nat came over with his mother. Here's a chunk of the conversation. My mum and dad would possibly like remind us all the time that like you don't they kind of give us examples like we move over here to Ireland and obviously that comes to sacrifices so they did make sacrifices in order like to make obviously all this happen you Mm. know so that gave us examples of right okay the sacrifice that my mum and dad made for us and uh, so we kind of just have to follow that example you know but they my dad did say before like if you're going to do something you would have to do it um, yeah, I kind of we don't never want to let them down. Basically, yeah. yeah. W- what age were you when you came over? Um, oh gosh, this is gonna be really what emotional. What age were you actually? I actually, I actually, I actually, I think it was like six. Right. Two thousand and three. So, oh. w- what age was I then? <laughs> you're gonna. You're, you're, you're gonna six have to turning seven. Yeah. Think, yeah. So. Six turning okay. seven, yeah, yeah, very young yeah. then, and obviously separated from your younger brother. Oh, of course, he Nas. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I, I remember nothing. Yeah, at that time when uh, Tammy went away with your dad. Yeah, I remember when I was in school, and all I was just saying to my friends was, um, "My dad's a pilot," because I knew he was flying somewhere, mm. yeah, and I knew I had a sister, but I mm. don't remember, right? Because right. yeah, I was so young at the time. So when yeah. I actually, it was funny when seeing Tam like for. Sort of, in Ireland, that's kind of my first memory of like Tam. So, yeah, that was quite funny. <laughs> it was a funny, it was a weird experience. Like funny. I, have, I, have, I have a sister, right? She's yeah. halfway across the world now. So and she's Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, a Dublin accent now. Yeah. <laughs> were they tough as the older sibling? Were they difficult those early years for you in Ireland? Of course, absolutely. You know, um, is there a tissue here or something? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Nas didn't go through the full. Um, the experience of me and my dad, but we kind of moved around a lot and 
oh sorry no you're fine <laughs> and you're fine. um when obviously when that first came over here like i was kind of by, mostly by myself at the start um my mom wasn't there mm. you know yeah <laughs> and you a bit did you did your your dad obviously was working i presume so um were you the, uh, my, my th- thoughts would be that you would have had to grow up pretty fast I would have thought and even learning a new language yourself I, I guess your did your parents have English to no okay so you probably would have had to take on quite a lot of responsibility is that fair um yes <laughs> I don't know I'm getting so emotional sorry it's just a really well no 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 it's absolutely touchy I mean, subjects yeah and if you're not comfortable talking too much about it that, no, that's fine. fine as well um, Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely fine. Um, my dad, I remember my dad said to me, like, um, look, your mom isn't here and that's okay, but I'm here. Mm. And he said, like, I'm going to work now. So you just ha- look, you just have to look after yourself for until I'm back. So I was like at home for... <laughs> six seven hours just waiting for the door to be open but like at that time I didn't know anything all I remember was I was like we didn't have any money or anything and I think I had I bought a Snow White you know CD over and that was on repeat for like 20 Mm. times (laughs) so I know Snow White's like you know full uh, everything the whole story what it was going to be like it was a tough time let's say yeah. What about for you, Nat, when you came over? Did, did it Was it tough for you in the early years? To be honest, I don't remember much, but like I remember we, so we lived in Cavan. So when we moved over, when I came over with my mom, so we, um, Tammy and my dad were, we were in Cavan, in Bell Turbot. Um, I don't think I had it as rough as Tam. Yeah. <laughs> but it was definitely, for me, it was difficult to like, yeah, just trying to fit in, really. Um, so I just moved over, no English, like, at all. And, and that's the same for Tammy, no English at all. And, yeah, you're just trying to fit in with the other kids in school. Um, but when you go home, it's, yeah, it's just me, my mom and Tammy. And we were just, we didn't even have a TV. Like, <laughs> it was funny, like, um, but my dad, it was funny. I, then my dad had, like, Bampton rackets. That's how I started. I was just watching my dad play literally just in the house and then that's how I started just that's how I got kind of got started into Bampton Blues. Would the kid with other kids in school stuff have made it difficult for you on purpose or was it more just you felt at, at first like obviously I'm an outsider here and there's a language barrier? <laughs> yeah, I I think I felt it more. No, I don't think the kids I think the kids in Belterbit or Cavan from what I remember they were really, really nice and they helped like I think the school kinda got them to come to our house like maybe twice a week just to play with me so I can just try to fit in so you know I think it was only me like having that feeling of like I thought I was going on holidays or (laughs) 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 I didn't know I was going to stay there like so um, but yeah it was just me thinking like trying to fit in like yeah yeah, language barriers even like I'm not saying maybe like colour of the skin as well so like so trying to fit in in that way so yeah, it was challenging, but I don't think it was as bad. As before. you got older, say, and as you, like, ultimately, was there a certain moment that you felt, oh, actually, I like my life here now? Or was there a moment where you felt, 
oh, I'm Irish. You know, it's, this, is, this is grand. <laughs> Was it a slower moving thing than that? Slower moving process? Um, I still don't feel Irish. Really? No, because obviously, if you look at me, I'm not Irish. <laughs> By obviously, like, I, I look completely Asian, you know, but I do have an Irish passport. So that would count me as an Irish, obviously, Irish citizen. Um, did it hit me that I was Irish? Um, maybe when I go compete away. But deep down, I know, deep down, like, a part of me, like, deep down, I'm always a Vietnamese girl mm. from Asia. Oh my God, this sounds really stupid, but uh, they ne- we they never allowed us to uh, like sleep over in our friend's house, so other people would have to come to our first sleepover in our house, and it's very like my mom's very tradition, so she still like obviously forced us that you know, um, marriage comes first, kids, and then um, the rest, mm. and you know yourself like, and she would always remind us that. Um, Vietnamese girls don't do that you know like uh, as if how do I what does mom say like um, f- with you about the I think being, my mom's a little bit harder on <laughs> my sister uh, yeah than me. maybe because <laughs> I'm a the girl but yeah. so, so say with the slumber party or sleepovers that yeah, was just what, that was forbidden no, in our house like, why would that have been the case? Um, she she said you have your own house you have your own bed you go mm. back and you sleep in it and that's it yeah, yeah I think we just have like the Asian stuff, no, the Asian culture, like yeah. family first. Um, like I didn't touch alcohol until I was eighteen. Mm. That's because it's not like my parents forced me, but it was just I kind of knew that. I think not like really not that strict at all. Like we were just brought up just like respectful, like, respectful, um, humble, um, and don't uh, like you know kind of just following the rules yeah. and don't like don't be going out and. I don't Maybe know. Show like, yourself or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, be respectful, be respectful to, to others and yeah. to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you do you feel Irish, Nat? I'm kind of same with my sister Tammy. There, I feel both. I feel like I'm a mixture of Irish and Vietnamese. Like, um, I have values. Like Tammy says, we brought up like families first, so I have that values that that comes from our our background. But me growing up in in Ireland and on the west western side of the the earth is. It kind of gives me more perspective, right? More sp- perspective about life and how how I want to... I think there's more freedom here. I think I feel yeah, there is course. more freedom. There is yeah. thousand percent more freedom. Yeah. And actually, uh, it's a really good point when you ask this question, when you really think about it. If I compare myself to a, re- like a, a Vietnamese girl from Asia, mm. she'd be like, oh my gosh, she is so, uh, you know, what's our day is like uh, so European yeah, yeah just because the way I'm like what they're very closed off and uh, like makeup or eyelashes or like what I have or fake nails is a no okay. like obviously you would go out on a nightclub when you're 18, 19 like us that's normal mm. but uh, a girl my age there is literally like forbidden so to me I'm more Irish to them but to me compared to the generation of Irish now mm. I'm not way following that culture does that make sense yeah. like yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah I'd say a lot of people who've maybe grown up with two different cultures can, can probably identify with that yes, as well yes, like you feel yes. you know both but then maybe yes. you know other people from one of those cultures might might necessarily as you say might yes. see you as more European yes, or more Irish yes. where did where did sport did sport help the two of you to to mix in to or? mix in and so on um 
Yes, it kind of way. I was always good at sports growing up. I always, I did everything in every single PE or class or anything like that growing up. But uh, I was good at it, so people always wanted me to be on their team. Yeah. But when I really, really feel um, I was a part of something was when I joined CrossFit. It was like adult PE. I finally really felt like I was fit in in the CrossFit community. And I was like, oh my God, they really like me for me being Asian. Because usually when I'm Asian, like people, like still now to this day, and sometimes there are comments, I just look, I just brush this off. Like people comment on Twitter and say like, Natka actually gets this as well. Like, um, what do you mean she's Irish or he's Irish? He's clearly Asian, right? you know, but I really fit in into sports when I really joined the CrossFit community. They accepted me for being Asian and for me being small. <laughs> what about you, Nat? The, the badminton? And again, you were obviously very good at it. Yeah. Did that help? Yeah, I think that helped massively. Um, just like to build my confidence as I was growing up. Um, yeah, again, to, to fit in. Um, but yeah, Bampton played a huge, huge role. Um, just like communicating, I felt, because I was good at something, I could like um, have the confidence to speak back or have the confidence to ask a question or have the confidence to just start a conversation with people and just to socialize more. So I think that was, um, yeah, Bampton played a huge, huge role, yeah. You uh, you had a helping hand from a very famous Dublin sports person, but one, <laughs> one of the best of all time. Yeah, Can you tell us yeah, about this? yeah. Um, Mr. Cluxton. Yeah, um, M- so Mr. Cluxton. <laughs> he was your teacher. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming back now, isn't he? Yeah. I heard he's he's, he's back. back. He's back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dublin teammates call him uh, Mr. Cluxton as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was my math teacher from like second year to sixth year. Yeah, but I I only remember him, me and him playing like um, Bampton in like PE. Because um, we set up, he actually set up the Bampton team just because of me. Um, oh, so really? That, yeah. It was there was that direct. So yeah. we have him to thank f- for you yeah. being in the Olympics, at least in part. <laughs> <laughs> that might be pushing it now, but yeah. That, that's but yeah, it. we had a few games in um, in PE anyway, so that was that was quite fun. Yeah. yeah. Well played, Murph. Well played. It, w- it was easy to miss your Cluxton gag there. First uh, time around. Some some of Cluxton's teammates also referred to him as Mr. Cluxton. I mean, I I think I tried to wedge it in a couple of times there on to make sure it wasn't missed. But, you know, we got yeah, there yeah, in yeah. the end. We yeah. got there. Well, that's what this promo is for, you know, just in case I miss any of your asides during the chat. But mm-hmm. thanks so much to Tammy and Nat for coming into us. That conversation was uh, really lovely. It was it got a huge reaction from our World Service members as well. Tuesday, let's jump back in time. Malachi Clerken and Jamie Wall, who I'm going to say are rapidly developing into the best hurling poetry duo around, Murph. You've got your sharp journalistic mind and your hur- cut the man and he bleeds hurling. <laughs> Don't cut Jamie Wall. Jamie Wall. Why, 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 we, why would we even contemplate such a thing? Well, listen, we're talking violence and fairness. That was the theme of the chat this week because they had spent much of our championship preview, Malachi and Jamie, debating the rights and wrongs of Limerick being seen as a dirty team by some. So after one red card and some other high profile incidents in their championship game against Waterford, the lads got into it again. I hate to be seen as being kind of anti or pro Limerick or well, initially anti Limerick. So I'm kind of like saying, look, I'm not so sure about all this, but like the evidence is in front of you. There's two pretty poor tackles like I think they were fortunate like and I, I clearly have no personal gripe against Gerald Hegarty after I was on the stand defending him last week like but um, you know look like he he should have probably gotten a straight red for that he was actually quite fortunate that he was already on the yellow and that the referee decided to go with a second yellow for whatever reason um, and the Seamus, Seamus, the Seamus Flanagan, Flanagan one I, the, was at least as bad the Seamus Flanagan one for me 
when you're into that kind of swarm zone there and it's in play and he hasn't lined them up from 10 yards away or anything like that, the Seamus Flanagan one, I can kind of understand that like you're going in, you are absolutely going in to try and, and put a hit in and like, you know, we can get into the rights and wrongs of that. I, I did, I thought the Hegarty one was worse. I don't know, maybe it just looked worse. There was a bigger impact, you know, it was at a faster speed. But like, I thought that one was worse just looking at it, to be quite honest. But I thought it, the Flanagan one... The but, Flanagan but the one, Flanagan, was, the Flanagan one was a straight red. It should have been a straight red as well, though. You can't, it, you can't, it, you, you can't come in with your shoulder... He shouldered the guy to the head late with the ball gone, with his arm, with his arm raised all the time. It's still kind of going up even after contact. Yeah, it, it is going up after... I'm not, look, Owen, I'm not saying it wasn't a red card. Like, what I'm saying is, I suppose, I can understand how the, the Flanagan one happens without a kind of intent to really hurt someone whereas I did think the Hegarty one was he lines him up he blindsides him look it's just that's just my opinion look, from looking at it like I thought that was worse I thought the slow-mos of the Flanagan one and again I'm not saying it wasn't a red card it reminds me of the Richie Hogan one from a couple of years ago with Barrett where he does raise the elbow after to make sure he gets him so like yeah send him off absolutely but like when we're talking about culture of disregard I think was the phrase for, for the safety of, of other opponents I would have more sympathy for a referee not getting the Flanagan one right and not sending him off. Whereas I thought the other one was, it was more dangerous to my mind. Just And that's just from, from my perspective looking at it. But like, yeah, like, come here, look, last week I was defending the Limerick lads thinking that, look, maybe this is a bit overplayed. Um, so like, there's no kind of... Also, I just think if you're talking about disregard for, for safety... I don't see how the Flanagan one has any mitigating factors there. I mean, you, you end up in a situation where a player nails another player in the head. So, regardless of intent, what our emailer is talking well, about there is very much in very much in play there. But like he has, he hasn't lined him up there from ten yards away and knows he's going to mill him. Like he's just coming into a tackle very hard. Like I, I, I can see how like if. Stephen Bennett doesn't turn a certain way, that's an absolute nail on the shoulder. I think that can happen. And like, I know Shane Dowling is getting pelters for saying that can happen in championship hurling. Like, I'm not arguing that this wasn't a red card, but I am saying I can understand, I can see how that one happens. Whereas the other one, I think is more in the line of what we're talking about in terms of what was um, what Barry is Barry John what Barry John had emailed in that would just be my opinion now the, that's all there could have been um, there could have been a third or another red card as well they could have easily had three players sent off right Barry Nash mm. could have had a second yellow as well Mal so what yeah do you it think was of more run of the mill now it, yeah, yeah but, no, there wouldn't, but, the, but you know they, there's a conceivably they could have ended up with 12 players well I mean this field. was like the reason we got into this last week I was actually thinking about this on the way in was we were we were I, we were going right how can we see any way that Limerick are going to be beaten? Mm. And the reason I brought this up was that, you know, we could be in a situation where they're refereed differently. That could be the X factor. That could be the, the wild card that that trips them up somewhere along the way. Tackles like Jamie Flanagan's can happen in championship hurling. But my question, this definitely comes from the fact that I don't come from a hurling county, mm. that I never prayed, you know. But... My question is, why is that okay? <laughs> like, why is there? Why has there never been any move in hurling to to take that out of the game? Even Davy Fitz afterwards was talking about Gerard Hegarty and going, "I don't want to see anything further happen to him." You know, the, that's all part of the game. Gerard plays the game the way I would love to see it played. All like, n- there's no, there is no move within hurling 
to remove head high challenges from the game. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5 in 1. Only from Rust Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. In the final round of the game, and One last thing to mention today. I arrived back from running the Connor Marathon Half Marathon earlier this week. And I, try, I was just trying to figure out why I've been surrounded by so many French competitors. <laughs> Ah, that was it. Les Lacs du Connemara, World Service staple. A tune belted mm-hmm. out apparently by every French person who's ever belted out a tune at a house party at 2am. There were even Lac du Connemara t-shirts, Murph, which you only informed me about after the event. I would be wearing one right now. I know. I, I know. And, and you know what? You, you like to get value out of your t-shirts as well. I could have... I told you about this t-shirt and five years from now you'd still be wearing it on 
I mean, yeah, it, it, it was a long term, a de- almost a decade long. <laughs> it would have been almost a decade long uh, gag for us to share if I'd only told you about the existence of these t-shirts. I can go back. But I, can get, I can get back to Connemara. Oh, back to there's absolutely no reason in the world why me or you, or indeed me and you, cannot get back to Clifton in the very near future to buy our Lac du Connemara t-shirts. That's just a small taster of some of the episodes this week. To hear them all in full, sign up now on secondcaptains.com for five euro a month plus fat. And remember, the Second Captains podcast is part of the A-cast <laughs> creator network. Yeah. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 